the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial market, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Nam Phan of Pacific Private Money. Mark Honf is off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tanbella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And the certificate is worth over $100. You're going to want to call in when it's time to answer the trivia question. Today's trivia theme is entertainment all right nam what do you got for us so real estate's going crazy is it it is i'm i'm exhausted that we're, <laughs> we're doing this recording this show on a wednesday so i don't know how the rest of the week's gonna go if i'm gonna be able to make it but you know it's it it's it's hot and you know a few of the articles i printed out to discuss today you know are along the lines of what's going on in the residential real estate space um but yeah things have not let up um usually you know, June, well, it's already the end of June, but usually yeah. in the summer, you have a little bit of a lull. Like most, you know, you always hear of the spring real estate time and then the fall, which they say is the second spring in real estate. Yeah. And then in between, you have the summertime where it's certainly um, higher than, than you know, the, the season, the holiday time. Uh-huh. But um, but usually it's, it's a little bit uh, lower than between the spring and, you know, between spring and fall in terms of just real estate activity, but this hasn't slowed down. I mean, people, even though things at least here in the Bay area in California are getting, you know, quote unquote back to normal where people are getting out and, and they're just not stuck to their computer looking at homes to buy and wanting to get out of their, the city (laughs) um, sales activity continues to be brisk. And um, we're seeing that in sales prices, the average loan size that we're getting, the, the aggressive offers home buyers or excuse me, uh, buyers are making yep. on listings and then uh, the continued, you know, number of, of uh, multiple offers in the real estate market. And why are we talking about residential real estate versus loans? I mean, they're for us, it's one of one and the same. I mean, yep. We can't talk about real estate activity uh, or lending, excuse me, without really also addressing, you know, what precedes that, which is just the general real estate activity in the marketplace. So, so again, yeah, we're, we're having, uh, I think at the end of Q1, one, on one of the shows we did, we talked about how we, um, how Q1 was, was a record for us 
and yeah. Q2, even though today's the last day of the quarter um, and all numbers aren't final yet, you know, it's, it, it will be a record over. over. Okay. I, I don't, I don't get this. Everyone's talking about a mass exodus from California. Yeah. I mean, we lost a seat in the Senate. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if, if there's all this exodus, I mean, I guess in theory, people who are exiting means sales. And so <laughs> those people, well, but they could be renters leaving. So wh- wh- how, how can you guys be so busy? Yeah, I think, you know, that, that I think we, maybe it was about six weeks ago, we did a show where we talked about, uh, or two months ago, we talked about, you know, some real statistics on where people uh, were moving to from the Bay Area, you know, uh, you know, because this, you always read about, boy, people in Austin or Bend, Oregon, or Idaho just say, you know, feels like California here. It's yeah. starting to feel like California. Maybe that is the case to a degree, but the actual numbers of people moving in, out of California um, or maybe the net migration isn't as high as okay. people think because there's also, you know, some migration into California. Um, you know, mo- a lot of the transaction activity we see, you know, on the British lands we do is really just moving from one part of California to another. In many cases here in the Bay Area, it's just moving from San Francisco to Marin or San Francisco to the East Bay. And, and maybe now you're, you're seeing more activity of people moving into San Francisco um, because they see that things are starting to normalize. And San Francisco, you know, Silicon Valley, still the hub of, you know, tech Heck, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, the local, local economy. You know, so, we, we talked about this before, uh, and this was, gosh, even a year ago, where I talked to some guy, you know, COO of a big company, and he had said, yeah, we're already starting to ask our employees to come back to work, as long as they social distance. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's kind of, I, and I've said this for weeks and months, if not years, <laughs> no, only months, uh, that a lot of these companies are realizing, you know what, you can only work remotely for so long and be productive. Uh, yeah. There's just not enough, n- enough efficiency. So as long as either, you know, vaccination, masks, social distancing, et cetera, uh, you can, and things are calming down with, you mm-hmm. know, COVID related illnesses that they're going to just have to start having people come back to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Uber um, announced that this, this past week that they have a, a schedule for people to be able to work from home or work remote a certain number of days of the Wait week. Wait a minute, how am I going to take an Uber to my favorite restaurant remotely? <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Wait, oh, oh you're talking about the workers in the office, not the drivers. Okay, yeah, not the now drivers. I understand. I'll tell you what, hey, let's cut to our first commercial. We always have to add a little levity in there. Here's our first trivia question commercial break. Uh, in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, what do the knights bang together to mimic the sound of trotting. Like, or, okay. So in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, that yeah. was a movie, what do the knights, you know, like knights of the round table, what are the knights, mm-hmm. ba- bang together to mimic the sound of trotting? As oh, like trotting. Horse, trotting, T-R-O-T-T-I-N-G. Yeah. Uh, call 888-912-1190. The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. And by the way, I want to make a quick mention here for Palio Restaurant. Uh, we decided to go there last week. Phenomenal. The prices are reasonable. They did not charge that extra little percentage that San Francisco restaurants do because of health things. Uh, so it was reasonable. Food was phenomenal. Service was excellent. Check them out. Palio Restaurant uh, in downtown San Francisco. And stay with us. The Best of Investing will be right back. 
Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. First trivia question. In Monty Python and the Holy Grail, what do the knights bang together to mimic the sound of trotting? Coconuts? Yes. No way. Yeah, you were confused. Yeah. Awesome. That was a total guess. Now, how did you guess that if you hadn't seen the movie? Because I think I've seen people do that in other shows before. Oh, yeah, yeah, as as sort of a parody on that. Yeah. Hey, before we start, I do want to make a quick mention here also for Transcendence Theater Company invites you to experience Broadway Under the Stars in wine country with their new live show. Come sing along with your favorite Broadway tour guides in this exciting musical expedition for the whole family, August 6th through the 29th. Uh, This is actually at Jack London Historic uh, Park. Beautiful uh, venue if you've never been there before. Get your tickets now at bestnightever.org. All right, Nam, uh, why don't you continue on? You're talking uh, what's going on in real estate. Yeah, so in the last segment, we were just talking about um, just the real estate activity, you know, whether or not there was actually true mass exodus out of California. And, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, we, we're not seeing that. We're seeing most of the activity here in, in the Bay Area and, um, you know, really just California. People from moving from one city in California or community to another. And, um, you know, and we were talking about whether or not, you know, companies will require employees to, to come back to the office. I, I think that for certain types of occupations, you know, you're going to have people who will continue to work from home. Um, because I think there are positions where, and also obviously um, circumstances for, for each person that that can uh, determine whether or not they can be productive from, from home. Exactly. Um, so I don't think that, I think that remote work, you know, is, is, will be just, acceptable and probably expected. Well, it depends on, it depends on what, uh, what kind of business. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some stuff. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, certainly here, you know, we, we've had today, you know, we have um, alternating sort of crews coming in, like our underwriting department today uh, is, comes into the office on Wednesdays and, and our closing team is here. And, you know, while not everyone's here, it's packed. And I can tell like, you know, there's some inefficiencies of, of being on top of each other too. Um, so, yeah, yeah. you know, just, just idle chatter. So well, if maybe, you, if you, and especially if you have four people sharing one computer, yeah, but yeah no, you, you know what, you got to take the, the, the water cooler out of the middle of the office. Then you won't have all that water cooler talk. Yeah. Not, not have four people sharing one keyboard. That's, that's really yeah, tough. Yeah. That, that, that'll help. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what the idle chatter part, that's very interesting because it, inevitably happens especially getting people back together again yeah i mean and, you know it'll normalize where people will say okay i've caught up enough on your on your life where we you know we've talked about you know which netflix uh series yeah. we've been watched but yeah. uh, but at the end of the day though still you know you, it's very easy to turn around to a colleague and, and just say something right sure. and, and well, that's, just, that's when you need to have one of those whistles like they have at the at the mine you know, okay, everyone take your 15-minute break. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you know, Mark bought these electric fly swatters. We could use those in the office. To, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Less painful than a taser, but it will certainly get your attention. So. <laughs> Just tell them to stick their tongue out. and. <laughs> there you go. But, but seriously, though, I mean, you know, we need to hire more people. We're growing. And uh, some of the things we'll talk about, like we did in the last segment, is, you know, we had a uh, phenomenal quarter 
and it's going to continue to look like that. Um, so we need to hire more people, but I am totally open or we are totally open to hiring remote staff like in underwriting, okay. for instance, so much of the work is, is done not only between the internal staff here at Pacific private money, but our, our institutional buyers. Well, so, so here, here's the interesting thing on that is, uh, you know, you, trying to get people to commute from far away when you can, instead of hiring someone, let's say, let's say from San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, San Francisco is more expensive. It's going to cost for employees. So hire someone from Napa or Santa Rosa and exactly. they can do the same work. And, and from an employer standpoint, you don't have to pay as much. Or hire them in Texas. You know, and if, it's, if it can be that remote where they don't even have to come in periodically. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, some of what we do, lending is not like it's, you know, a new, you know, a new tech, for instance, that, uh, you know, requires you to, you're learning, uh, you know, something that's never been done before. It's been done for forever. And underwriting, for instance, alone, you need access to the documents to review and to the files and you need to yeah. be able to do that securely. But at the end of the day, underwriting is underwriting. It's the same thing that has been for forever. So if we have can find somebody competent in in Texas um, and where the wages are significantly less, um, then you know why not why not hire somebody who's remote? yeah. As long as you can get them on the phone quickly or text quickly yeah. and, um, or computer wise, yeah, that yeah. seems to be the inefficiency. I think is the communication where you can't just pop into someone's office really quickly. Hey, got a quick question on this file, right? You know, who knows where they're at? Huh? They'll may get back to you an hour, two hours, whatever. Yeah. And also we're looking for, um, you know, uh, East Coast staffing too, because a lot of our loan buyers are on the East Coast. So being in the same time zone as our loan buyers yeah. um, can be more efficient than being here in the Bay Area. That's, 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 yeah, that's a very good point too. Sure. So um, we'll continue to look. Yeah. Now, um, what are you guys charging now for uh, short-term loans? So for uh, short-term Let's use a bridge loan, for yeah. example. Um, you know, if we, boy, I can tell you, uh, we've been charging, we've been able to um, give offer borrowers lower uh, rates than we were this time last year and for a number of reasons. I mean, just the quality of the of the file, the loan file, the, the borrower's credit score, on average, it's above 720. Wow. Um, you know, in many cases lately, it's been north of 780. Um, so the, then the properties, um, obviously high end properties with uh, a lot of equity in the bridge loan examples, we have a lot of people who are, who are cross collateralizing and the total loan to value is 60% or less. Um, so with that, you know, sort of those are risk mitigating factors and uh, that can be reflected in a lower rate to the borrower. So, um, long way of answering your question, I, I would say it's not uncommon to see rates in the high sevens. Okay. And uh, or, you know, up to the high eights um, where maybe a year ago or two years ago, it was, you know, high eights to low tens even, but probably high nines more like high nines. So, you know, you're, it's not uncommon to see rates go down by a full point or so. Wow, that's um, pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, just there's other competition too in the marketplace that's offering, you know, uh, lower rates. And, but, um, you know, if we can take that million dollar loan, which is our the average size of our bridge loan, and turn that capital around several times a year, then that's very, that can be a very profitable um, use of the capital. 
for us. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, really, it is kind of competition that kind of drives the prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and and part of that competition is also uh, what you have to give to your investors in order to get them to invest. Yep. You know? I mean, because even if the competition is at four percent, if you have clients who are not willing to accept the four percent yield. You, you just not going to be able to compete like that. Got exactly. It. And a little bit later, we'll talk about the webinar we just did. Um, yeah. So we'll yeah. talk about rates. And we also are going to do an email question about deferments as well as uh, deal of the week. All right. Here's our second trivia question. The theme is entertainment. What is the name of the coolest girls gang in the movie Grease? What was their name? They even had jackets to go with it, if you remember. Yeah. So the yeah. movie Grease, what was the uh, name of the coolest girls gang? Uh, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. And stay with us. You are listening to The Best of Investing. Do not touch that dial. We're going to be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Second trivia question, what is the name of the coolest girls gang in the movie Grease? What was her name? I don't know. Do you remember the boys' names? No, the, no. The one with Tron Travolta, wasn't it? The T Birds, the Thunderbirds. Oh, was that what it was? And for, and for the for the women, uh, the the girls, it was the Pink Ladies. Oh, the Pink, yeah, the pink that's Ladies. Right. I knew you'd know that one. Yeah. All right, um, an email comes in, uh, and it says, "How have you handled deferment requests if you had received any of them?" So, how? Boy, that's a good question because. Um, if you ask me last year at this time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we actually over. haven't had any, uh, we rarely get today. We rarely get deferment requests. So going back to actually it's, if that question were asked this time last year or, or beginning of Q2 last year when, when uh, COVID first hit, um, then, you know, we had many more deferment requests. Like I'd say the number of requests we get today for deferments are about average, you know, for a private lender. But um, when the pandemic first hit, we we got a number of deferment requests that came in. And uh, still, though, as a percentage of our overall loan portfolio, it was actually somewhat uh, on the lower end. But uh, typically, why is a borrower asking for a deferment? I mean, a deferment is, a, is asking for payments to not be made, you know, um, currently and to, to be able to ask that those payments be made at a later time or deferred to a future date. And there's a number of reasons why somebody may request that, you know, they lost their job or something happened uh, in their personal financial situation besides losing their job and losing their income that, that's impacted their ability to, to make the payments. We have to look at those reasons and they have to have, a, you know, a bona fide, you know, reason for the deferment. Uh, we're not, we're, we weren't obligated to necessarily um, uh, automatically approve uh, deferment. Uh, I know, it, you know, in California, probably nationwide last year, there was mandatory mandatory forbearance, yeah. allowing for forbearance. Um, but uh, as a private lenders, we weren't necessarily under that same regulatory uh, environment. 
Sure. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, I mean, you know, we're not loan sharks. We're not looking to take people's properties back. Uh, we want to, you know, have our loans paid off quickly. And with the long-term goal of having that borrower get, uh, or actually near-term goal of having that borrower refinance into a long-term loan. So if we do any kind of deferment or foreclosure, any kind of, anything that can impact their ability to refinance, or finance out of our loan, then that's not going to help their situation. Um, but uh, we essentially look at their circumstance. Why are they requesting the deferment? You know, what what is the hardship? Yeah. And you, you, you um, can't just yell COVID and suddenly you right. don't have to pay. Yeah. Right, and we've had that happen too. Yeah, uh, people say, "No, well, I got COVID." Well, you know, let's let's dig a little bit deeper than that. Um, where we did make deferments, uh, somebody's business was significantly impacted. Like a restaurant. Um, like a restaurant. In, and I can't say it, it was, you know, a restaurant that this uh, borrower had yeah. during COVID, but uh, nevertheless, their business was impacted. And um, Well, I know, well, I know, let me interrupt for a second. I do know one situation uh, where somebody was a commercial leasing agent. And when things just died... Uh, yeah. That person's business died and that person requested a deferment and was granted a deferment uh, for a good amount of time. And then uh, a person got back on feet and went ahead and made payment and is all caught up now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you have to look at their track record in the past, the kind of business they're in, what their circumstances. And, and there is a little bit of what will, you know, they be able to get back uh, and start earning again. Um, and you take all this into account, and we ended up, uh, you know, deferring uh, several borrowers, but we also declined uh, quite a few as well, just because they couldn't really fight a hard, you know, but a fight hardship. Um, and some of them were simply, you know, we sent them the information. You have to fill this out in order for for us to review it, and they didn't fill out the information. So <laughs> it was just basically a lazy request. Lazy request, yeah. Yeah. So for those circumstances, you know, it's an automatic no. Um, <laughs> hey, before we cut, we cut to a break because we have a few minutes. Uh, you guys just uh, finished a very nice webinar. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so we had uh, our first webinar in a while, and it was uh, yes, last night, uh, Tuesday night. Uh, we had a webinar on the Pacific Freedom Fund. Um, we haven't had a webinar or or really any kind of uh, information session about the Freedom Fund in quite some time. So we just wanted to get our investors or potential investors and existing investors caught up on um, what's going on in the Freedom Fund. You know, we launched Freedom Fund uh, a year ago, April. And uh, in that time, through uh, the end of, essentially through the end of this month, June, we've grown the Freedom Fund to about 22, 23 million. Um, and so it's been wildly successful for us. Um, for, for those who aren't familiar with the Freedom Fund, it's something, it's a fund we use as a quasi warehouse line credit, where we use the, the fund capital to fund loans that we um, have earmarked to be sold to institutional investors. Yeah. And um, as I mentioned, it's, it's been very successful for us. Um, we funded uh, year to date, uh, boy, over 60 million or so in loans. Wow. And, um, you know, these are loans that we then turn around and sell two to three times a month in package. We package them and sell them to institutional 
buyers. And many of these loans are the British loans we talk about all the time. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I, I, and I've heard people say, well, you know, what about uh, the, the crash of 2008 and, uh, you know, the securitizations and all these kind of things. But yeah. the, the big difference that I see is the fact that you're not lending to, you know, people who uh, can't afford it and uh, are trying to buy three different houses on a salary of a minimum wage. I mean, right. these, these people have good credit or good yeah. income, low loan to value. I mean, they're, they're, they're not skating by. No, and in fact, you know, our average loan is about a million dollars, and you know that we're making, and um, they're all in the more expensive zip codes in the Bay Area, so and Southern California. And actually, when we get into the next segment, we can go into more detail on the Freedom Fund okay. um, and the kinds of loans. Yeah, and the thing, and the, there's really not too much of a risk because you're unloading the the loans back there to. Wall Street, so to speak. So it's really their problem. You know, if they've, I mean, not, not to be mean or anything, but it's like, yeah. you know, you've said, listen, this is, this is your re- requirements. I'm fulfilling the requirements. I'm getting the loan in and I'm giving it to you. you they sort of pre-looked at it and then they're willing to take the, uh, the loan on. So, yeah. And you know what? We should talk about that a little bit in the next segment. Why, you know, what, what is it about these loans or loans that we're, we're generating that um, they want to invest in? Yeah. All right. Here's our uh, next trivia question. Which musical group was built around the songs of the pop group ABBA? Remember ABBA? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, ABBA was uh, offered a billion dollars apparently right. to, to get back together. And they said, nope, we were done. That's but, amazing. Uh, what, what was the uh, name of the musical that was built around uh, ABBA? All right. Uh, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of investing. will be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM. The answer. Welcome back to the best of investing. I'm Edward Brown, along with non of Pacific Private Money. Our third trivia question was, which musical was built around the songs of the pop group ABBA? Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Very yeah. good. Actually, got I two s- out of three this time. That's pretty good. Oh, right. I'm yeah. on a roll. I uh, saw the Mountain Play Theater version of Mamma Mia. What, was it good? A few years ago. It was pretty good. Local local um, actors. Oh, oh, yeah. Somebody I went to high school with and college with was, oh, was wow. actually playing one of the characters. and. So I, saw the, I saw the the uh, the play in uh, England uh, of all places. Uh, wow. It was very good. And then actually, when the movie came out with Meryl Streep, she did a very nice job. Yeah, just yeah. don't get Pierce Brosnan to sing anymore. But other than that, <laughs> it's fine. All right. Um, so tell us a little bit about, more about that Freedom Fund. Yeah. So you know, the, we were talking about in the last segment uh, how we had a webinar last night and how we use the Freedom Fund as. Uh, warehouse line to sell loans, many of them bridge loans to institutional investors. And during the uh, webinar, one of the questions was, you know, why are, uh, why would somebody invest in a bridge loan? You know, because it pays off so quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly that's a very valid question if you're a, a trust deed investor um, who is looking to earn a, you know, a healthy return. Um, you know, what you want as a trustee yeah. investor is consistent payments, yeah. you know, obviously a high rate of interest, but also that loan to to go as long as possible. Yeah, no no downtime where it sits in cash. Yeah, no downtime. Yeah. 
Well, some of these bridge loans pay off in you know two months, four months, <laughs> six months. So if you're a trustee investor, you know you get paid off, then you're back in cash and you're looking for the next deal. And while you're looking for the next deal, you're not earning anything on that money that you just got back. So a lot of trustee investors don't like bridge loans, just not because it's a bad quality loan. It's just such a short term. Yeah. But if you can create a pool of these and securitize them, then that can be appealing for Wall Street because for the very reasons why, you know, they, they, they're considered, you know, relatively, um, well, risk is mitigated because they're so short term. The borrowers FICOs are, you know, at least for the loans we're, we're seeing, you know, 720 and above. Um, they're all high end and there's a clear, generally a clear exit, which is a sale of property that they're, <clears throat> that they're selling. Uh, and, and those proceeds are used to pay off our loan. So, you know, if you're an institutional buyer, if you're put on your like investor, New York Wall Street investor hat and you say, see all of these loans coming in saying, I like that they're, only four or five months because the longer you hold the loan, the more the chance there is that something will happen. But don't they run the risk too, that they have to keep their money working? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they have to factor that in though, that there's going to be a certain amount of turnover in a securitization of capital that's getting paid off every month or coming back into their fund. Um, But as long as it's being replenished, then that downtime is minimized. So it's, our job as as you know the the lender the originator to to find more bridge loans to continue to to you know sell into the securitization as other bridge loans pay off. Okay, so uh, tell us if an investor is mm-hmm. invested in your fund, what yeah. rate of return do they earn, and then give us um, like a, a a typical bridge loan situation. Yeah, so so. You know, you take what I just explained about an institutional investor who has 100 million securitization and every month 10 million of that 100 million pays off. We at Pacific Private Money need to find 10 million more bridge loans to, to fund to, to get that securitization back up. So take it down to the investor level who, who may be interested in the Freedom Fund. Yep. Say, why would I want to invest in the Freedom Fund? Well, if you invest in the Freedom Fund, uh, then once your funds are invested, unlike a trustee investment, your uh, it's our job. Well, we tell you we're going to continue to pay that return. In this case, for the Freedom Fund, it's six percent, irrespective of whether or not we have a loan in the portfolio that that's uh, okay. So, so six percent. The answer is six percent from the standpoint yeah. of what does the investor get? Yeah, the investor gets. That's okay. An investor gets a six percent consistent rate of return paid on a monthly basis, which is a half a percent a month, basically. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. That's good for short term. Really long winded today, <clears throat> Edward. I don't know. It must be all the donuts I ate. <laughs> donuts? Wait a minute. You didn't tell me about donuts. <laughs> yeah. sure. Sure. Now I'm thinking about donuts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes, uh, bottom line is investors earn 6%. And why would you want to invest in the Freedom Fund? Well, it's it's our job to continuously feed the Freedom Fund with new new bridge loans that give us um, an example of those bridge loans loans that go into the fund so yeah so a few examples are and these are these will be my deals of the week essentially or deal of the Mm -hmm. week is you know it's we have several agents who are so tied in with real estate agents in marin southern marin san francisco and um these realtors are bringing us clients who whose problem is this they have a great home to sell 
um, but they're afraid of selling it because they don't, and they know it'll sell quickly in this market within a matter of days. You get an offer that probably will be well over asking, yeah. but they are now are stuck with where do I move to? And so a lot of people are, won't even list right now because of that fear. Yeah. But if you tell them, listen, you have a way of buying your next home before selling your current home with the bridge loan for Pacific private money, um, then that'll allow you to do the opposite buy your, buy, get your next home first and then sell your home. So the bridge loan is literally that it's a loan that bridges the purchase and sale. So it's we provide a very good tool. Yeah, exactly. We provide the capital for you to go out, find your home that you want to move to next, your next home. We fund that you move in and then you have the time uh, to, you know, freshen up the home that you just moved out of and stage it and then sell it. And you, and, you know, in this market, again, it's selling very quickly. And before we go to break, cause we got just a couple of quick minutes. Yeah. Can you give us an example of, of, of a deal of the week of one that you just recently did? Yeah, so we have, uh, and well, this one's actually interesting because it's uh, going from one state to another. So uh, we've had several deals, uh, and again, this is not an example. There's not mass migration out of California, but um, we have uh, a borrower or homeowner in uh, Marin County who had a home to sell. Uh, it was, uh, you know, or wanted to sell their home, but uh, wanted to buy up in Oregon, and um, they they had a uh, essentially 100% equity in their, their Marin home. They found a home in Oregon that was actually close to the same price, So, but it was much bigger. Um, and it was, uh, I think it was a, around 2.2 million. And we provided a bridge loan, um, essentially took the capital out of, used the equity in their, in their Marin home yeah. uh, towards the purchase of their Oregon home. So effectively, you're really at about 50% loan to value. If it's yeah, that's the <clears throat> yeah. Yep. And then, so... We give them with the bridge loan in 11 months uh, to pay us off. Um, there's a balloon payment at the end, but there's no prepayment penalty if they yeah. sell their home or pay us off ahead of time. And in this case, I think they sold their home within four months. And uh, Yeah, so they just had to pay a little bit higher interest for, for four months. That's not such a big deal. But they got the yeah. house they wanted. They didn't have to move twice. Yeah. Especially, so especially going to Oregon from California. You know, it's not like down the street where you, you, know, you have to move, move again. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a big haul. Now, if they wanted to escape the heat, that's a different story. If they wanted <laughs> what? Escape the heat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's right. There's kind of a heat wave going on. Yeah, it was like 109 in, in uh, Bend, Oregon or something like that. Some wow. Crazy. I wonder how yeah. they deal with that. They're not used to that, especially, you know, with all the forestry types. We've seen yeah. cool and wet and rainy over there. Yeah. The same thing with Seattle. All right. Uh, let's see here. We're going to cut to our last commercial break. There's no trivia question. When we come back, we're going to have some thoughts for the day and uh, maybe a couple of other uh, interesting tidbits for us. Yeah. All right. Stay with us. The Best of Investing will be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fawn of Pacific Private Money. No trivia question. But Nam, why don't you give us a rundown, uh, because you have different funds to offer. Yeah. So uh, we mentioned the Freedom Fund, which is our quasi-warehouse line that, that pays uh, 6% uh, rate of return. 
Uh, we also have our legacy fund, the Pacific Private Money Fund, and that's uh, a fund now in its, boy, in its eighth year, uh, paying yeah. between seven and seven and a half percent. Um, that fund is currently at about 62 million in assets under management. Uh, and again, that one pays about seven, seven and a half percent. The, uh, like all of our funds, uh, Pacific Fund, Pacific Freedom Fund and Pacific Private Money Fund, you do have to be accredited to invest. So that's having a million dollar net worth um, in, as a qualifier. Or you can um, qualify based on your annual earnings over the past two years. I think you have to make 200000 as an individual. Uh, you have to be able to show that on your uh, on your tax returns uh, or 300000 as a couple. Uh, the minimum investment in the Pacific Private Money Fund is 50000 Okay. The minimum investment in the Pacific Freedom Fund is two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, so those are the first two funds that we uh, talked about. The next one is the Pacific Southwest Note Fund, and that's a fund that we have in in uh, based uh, largely out of Texas. We that fund is dedicated to buying solar carryback notes, and that's an interesting uh, model in that there's opportunities to buy notes, uh, what are called solar carryback notes, at a discount. Nice thing about the Pacific Southwest Note Fund is it's similar to the Pacific Freedom Fund, meaning that it pays a fixed return of 7.5%. Uh, minimum investment for the Southwest Note Fund is 50000 For the Freedom Fund, it's 250000 So, yeah. um, you know, pretty big difference there. Um, and uh, a nice feature of the Southwest Note Fund is you can redeem uh, like the Freedom Fund uh, quickly, right? There's no lockup yeah. period, or essentially there's... Uh, the lockup period, uh, there's no redemption fee for an early uh, with redemption. Uh, and then the final uh, fund is the North Star Capital Fund, and that one is a, a minimum investment is 100000 The return on um, the North Star Capital Fund is 8 to 10%. That's the target. Okay. Uh, it's been high, paying higher than that. Um, minimum investment, I think I just said, is 100000 And um, it is uh, geared towards construction loans, okay. which... There's a shortage of construction financing for builders in California. So that's a great fund to take advantage of the shortage of housing. Good. And they're all the funds are no load? All no load to get in or get out. Yep. Um, and you have to be accredited to invest in all of them. If you want to learn about any of them, uh, give us a call here at the office, uh, Pacific Private Money. That's 415-883-2150. Or you can go to our website, which is www.com. And can people sign up on your website for future webinars? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, you sign up the contact form. Contact form. Certainly. Okay. Yeah. And we'll put you in our email database for future webinars. You just got to indicate whether you're interested in investing or borrowing. Um, but yeah, uh, it, when you fill out the form, put down that you're interested in investing and we'll invite you to all of our webinars. Good. Uh, why don't you give out your information one more time? Sure. Uh, information is 415-883-2150. That's our phone number. And our website is www.pacificprivatemoney.com. Uh, one other thing, too, is is we do post um, these webinars on our events page on our website. So um, you can go to the events page, and if we have an upcoming webinar, you can sign up there as well. Very good. So two of the funds have uh, a lockup period for a year and two of the funds do not. Yep. More information, PacificPrivateMoney.com. All right, here's our thoughts for the day. Perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. 
That's by Vince Lombardi, who knows a little something about that. That's awesome. And what do you call a bearded gardener? Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, dogs can't operate MRI scanners, but cats can. Uh, uh, I like all those. Yeah, I like all those. Those are a couple, two out of three are dad jokes. They all right, tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best. Goodbye. Of investing. So long. You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.